Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stauffer, Brendan Escott joining you. Oilers Now is brought to you by World of Spas, Edmonton's number one hot tub and swim spa dealer. The ideal place to start your daily vacation. A reminder, speaking of vacation, you can join us on an upcoming Oilers Now road trip to California. It's going to take place in April with New West Travel. You go and you see L.A. and Anaheim. The New West Travel hockey package includes airfare, four nights at the Marriott L.A., lower bowl game tickets for both games, and a welcome reception or two with yours truly and special guests. For the California Hockey Road Tour, reach out to newwesttravel.com. Guests and orders now receive your certificates to Japanese Village for 50 years, Edmonton's destination for a celebration for the census. You can reserve today at jvedmonton.ca. As we head off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline at 780-496-0063, the River Cree uh, Resort Casino, open 24-7, 365, excitement, bet on it. Our Oilers Now headliner today for Will Hawk Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. Search for Will Hawk, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. I don't know if uh, we thought he was going to be our headliner on Friday, but today he might be the most popular man at Edmonton. We welcome to the show Alberta Golden Bears goaltender, and for uh, about two and a half minutes on Saturday night, NHL netminder Matt Berlin. Matt, it's Bob. How you doing? I'm doing excellent, Bob. How are you doing? Good. How did that exam go today? It was not too bad. I got through it, so I'm glad it's done. Now, are you one of these guys that studies the night before, or, or do you do like a, a week worth of work prepping for an exam? Uh, I generally try and get a, get like a week in, and luckily this time that's what I had done, so I was still prepared even, even for the lack of studying this weekend. All right, so this is a psychology course? Yeah, it was lifespan development. <laughs> do, do they still make you do those exams if you're uh, – which faculty are you in, by the way? I'm in biological science. Okay, so when I was in arts, you had to go and actually do, like, psychological testing. What does this picture make you think of? What? It, so everybody used to just screw around with these, you know, uh, I guess they, I don't even know what they'd be called, I guess, grad students or whatever that would be doing the exams. So you don't have to do any of that stuff, do you? Uh, actually, in your first-year classes, yeah, like Psych 104 and 105, you have to do what's called the research participation, which, yeah, you just go with grad students doing experiments and just... Yeah. get them some results. All right, crazy stuff. Take us through the how How wild was Saturday for you? Saturday was probably one of the best days of my life. It was uh, definitely a roller coaster of emotions from the time I got the call to signing the contract, which was a whole, whole other issue because you need a witness to sign the contract, and my parents were out of town, so there was no line, and the league needed the contract in by 5 p.m., and I think I got it at 4.30, so I was scrambling a bit. I had to... Um, called called my brother who lives across the street. He wasn't home. I uh, <laughs> ran to my neighbor's house. They weren't home. And my girlfriend actually ended up saving the day because so I called her and she drove over and, and signed as a witness uh, right before 5 o'clock. So you get this phone call from Sean May and you're thinking, I'm sure your initial thought was be ready uh, to be the e-bug. Is that mm-hmm. right? 
Yeah, I just figured I was going to be up in the press box like like normal. Okay. And then the reality clicks in. Oh, wait a sec here. You're on the bench. Yeah, so then he, he told me I was uh, – they needed me in the press box at about – it was earlier in the day, and then at around 4.30 they, uh, they told me to change the plans. They're actually backing up. And if it would have just ended there, it would have been an incredible night, just being on the bench, being around the team. But uh, I find myself in the game in the last two minutes, so it was definitely a surreal moment that I'll remember for the rest of my life. See, we knew something was up because we knew Jack Campbell was starting, and the Oilers had an optional skate on Saturday, and Stu Skinner – uh, left the ice first. So everybody's like, hey, Stauffer, you're wrong. It's not going to be Campbell. It's going to be Skinner. I'm like, I don't know. I'm pretty sure they're not going to let Campbell, you know, go two-plus weeks without playing. So uh, the irony is that you're in for Stuart Skinner. You guys do have prior history, don't you? I think I saw you guys play back in the, what was it, the 12-13 lockout year you are on the same team? Yeah, something like that, 2011, 2012, right around there. Uh, yeah, we, we were goalie partners in Bantam for two years, and then, uh, we're just we remain buddies throughout, and it's just kind of a funny, funny story in itself. How I end up replacing him when he goes down with the flu. All right, so Bingo, you're in there. You're thinking you're going to be on the bench. You did take some shots in the warm up. How did that go for you? <laughs> it was awesome. Uh, shots were a little bit, uh, bit quicker than quicker than what I'm used to, but it was it was good. It was lots of fun to get out there and get some shots and warm up. And and then even even if that was all I had gotten, I would have been so happy and so grateful. And just the way the night turned out, it was unbelievable. We're joined by Matt Berlin, who uh, got an opportunity to play uh, for the Edmonton Oilers on uh, Saturday. So you're sitting there on the bench, and I can remember uh, when Aaron Sorchin out of the U of A, and he was an all-Canadian netminder, Matt. He was a pretty good goalie. Uh, he got the call back in 07. It was like December the 21st. I looked it up today against New Jersey, and they got a late empty netter to make it 3-1 with about 30 seconds left. And Mac T was asked afterwards, were you thinking of putting him in there for the final 30 seconds? And he was just, you know, the orders were losing. Uh, and, you know, easy. Th- but this was a little bit different. Did you, at what point did you realize it might be a possibility that you're going to end up in the game? I, it did not even cross my mind. I was just, I, I don't know if I had blocked out or what, just like taking the moment in, but. Uh, it didn't even hit me until they tapped me on the shoulder and said it was actually happening. I had I, what the thoughts didn't even come in my mind once. So we see a stretch in during the tunnel, and I'm like, "Are they going to put him in?" Like that, like I'm way up there going, "Are they going to put him in?" And you get the tap, and you realize what was the uh, as you went out there. What did you think about the fan response? Because they were onto it. They knew it. And look, the Oilers got great fans. We know that. They know the game. They love the game. Uh, it must have been pretty cool. Just to, Did you feel the response for the fans, or did you lock into a zone? What happens as you step on the ice? <laughs> well, I was pretty nervous prior to getting on the ice, and then once I stepped on, and well, yeah, we obviously know that Edmonton has some of the best fans in the league, and, and they kind of erupted, and it was... <laughs> I think I probably had some goosebumps, and it was just kind of a surreal moment. And then, like, all the nerves kind of just just went away, and I was just taken in the moment and enjoying myself as best I could. Anybody say anything to you, Matt, amongst the players on the ice from the Oilers? Uh, I think I think Campbell and Barry had a couple words for me, but I, I couldn't even tell you what they said. I was, like I said, I think I had blacked out a little bit. All right, so the puck comes back to the point, and the first shot, Connor McDavid fronts, and I'm thinking, we're up 7-3 here. Don't be front. Just let Berlin make the save. <laughs> like I was kind of laughing, but he got the, you know, he got in the lane to block the shot. You did end up getting one high to the blocker side. Uh, what, what were you thinking as that shot was coming in the back? This better not go in, or what, what crosses your mind? to that situation uh no it's just uh 
it was a pretty routine point shot, actually. But I mean, obviously, it was nice that I saved it. It would have been a little bit more upsetting of a story if they had scored on their only shot. So, and no, it was, uh, it was. I was glad I got a shot when I when I first went in. I I wasn't sure if I wanted one or not, but looking back now, I'm I'm super happy that I got one. It's cool to save. I uh, made a save in the NHL. You n- you never know how it ends up, Matt. I mean, maybe four or five years down the road, you're back in there. But right now, you have a save percentage of a thousand. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, not bad. It's it's pretty funny seeing some some of the tweets on like on Twitter and stuff about about that and how I, I have the best save percentage right now. It kind of makes me laugh. You saw the players come to you afterwards, uh, and they're skating towards you. How cool was that to to just be in there the final two and a half minutes? You guys get the victory, and they're coming off the bench because they were right into the moment as much as you were. Oh yeah, totally. No, it was unbelievable. I think. I think everyone could see it from the photos, but uh, yeah, I had an ear-to-ear grin the, the whole time I was on the ice, and especially when everyone was skating on to congratulate me. So I was super happy. Saturday at uh, 3.30 in the afternoon, did you think you were going to get interviewed on Hockey Night in Canada? <laughs> definitely not. No, that was, that was there's so many memorable points about the night, and that's definitely right up there as one of the better ones. Yeah, even got to keep the towel too, so that's a pretty nice, uh, pretty nice souvenir I got for the rest. Of my that's life. about all you because you don't get paid for this, do you? No, sure don't. Yeah, that way you can maintain your uh, college eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. So I got uh, I got the towel, I got the jersey, and those are those two things will will be with me for for the rest of my life. When's sure. the last time you were in there for the Bears? Was it against Mount Royal? Uh, no, I Mount Royal, and then I played in uh, Toronto. No, sorry, not Toronto. Um, in Vancouver when we uh, went oh, out in, against Trinity. Yeah, you guys uh, beat them yeah. ten to five. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, you, you're when you're on the bench, you're sitting there. Uh, tell me this. I mean, the speed of the game, especially when ninety sevens rolling. It's pretty amazing yeah, isn't it, it, at ice level. It it is fast. Oh yeah. It's yeah. uh, it's definitely different seeing them at ice level than from the stands or on TV. You can't really, you don't really have that perspective from being right down there. So yeah, seeing him, seeing him buzz around from ice level was something I'll never forget. Yeah, uh, oh, it's an awesome story. So how many interviews have you done so far? Uh, I had a few yesterday. I've done. I think this is five or six this morning, and I still have four or five to go today. Any of the, any of the boys juicing yet? You got what time do you guys practice at? Uh, we were on the ice at 8 a.m. this morning. i got to talk to Ian about that. Uh, anyhow, I don't <laughs> uh, But uh, uh, were the boys juicing you this morning at practice? Oh, yeah, they were all so fired up. I walked up there. Everyone was slowly kind of just trickling into the room and big hugs, lots of laughs, and they're all asking about it. So it was a big storytelling moment in the morning. It was awesome. Uh, you'll always have, I mean, I guess the other, the unfortunate part, there's only one, I mean, look, it's a super positive story. It would have been, Connor Yamamoto's, the, are, are there are there any other former Oiler, uh, or current Oiler players that you would have played with? Because you did play with Yamamoto a bit in Spokane. Is there anybody, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Had you played with any of these no, guys no. before? No, no, just uh, Yamamoto and Skinner. And then obviously if Benson was up, then him, but uh, no, that's about it. Yeah. Um, and have now you're, you're you've been in the e-bug goalie all during the playoffs. And that's, have you actually taken any shots with any NHL teams before uh, hitting the ice on Saturday? Uh, no, just like not with an actual NHL team, no. But obviously, like get, get some shots from NHL guys in the summer and stuff like that when they're out the skates. But uh, no, never with like a team. Okay, well, it's a, it's it's an amazing story. I think it's when you found out that Connor McDavid suggested it to Jay Woodcroft. You just kind of shake your head and go, wow. 
Yeah, it just speaks to his character and, and who he is as a person. He's a, obviously an excellent leader of the team, and it just shows how uh, how thoughtful of a guy he is to, to think of me and give me an opportunity like that. That's awesome stuff. I'm glad you had a heck of a moment. I'm glad you did good on your psychology exam. I think back then we were on, we were on a nine scale. I think I got a four. Like, I barely passed, so uh, I almost ended up on the Dean's vacation list, Matt, so I'm glad you're doing better in school. Uh, best of luck the rest of the way, and I'm sure I'll see you out there come playoff time at the Golden Bears games. Yeah, thank you, Bob. I appreciate your time. You bet. There you go. That is Matt Berlin from the uh, Alberta Golden Bears. What was it, about 15 minutes? I mean, it's just an amazing... And to think that it was Connor McDavid that made the... Brandon, I don't know about you. For me, when I heard that after, I was like... like, And, you know, Jay being open to it, a coach today's got to have a feel of his team, a pulse of the team. The Berlin story was... It's the number one story in hockey over the last 24 to 48 hours. The subtlety of making sure that Kane goes into the break on a... You know, got some opportunities, some looks, playing with McDavid and Dreisaitl, and they went out of their way to set him up... You know, some a coach plays a factor in these sort of situations, and his openness to it, to me, was a huge factor. Certainly. The forward thinking, a player's coach, I think all of this stuff, the things that we had seen demonstrated before, and this just hammers so much of it home. I mean, it's, it's a feel-good story, but it's one, Bob, that I think that they wouldn't have had the luxury necessarily of, of implementing if they hadn't been on the kind of role that they have been yes. on leading into this, obviously. So that, they got to give credence to the fact that there's been a lot of good vibes uh, for the last eight games or so and yeah, everything well, that's made that up too. They've been a second half team the last three seasons, right? 1920, they called up uh, on the 31st of December, they brought up Yamamoto and Caleb Jones and had the sixth best record in the league after the 40 game mark at that point. Uh, that was a 71 game schedule for Edmonton. Uh, in 2021, halfway through the season, you know, second half of the year of that year in the 56-game Canadian division, Edmonton had the sixth best record in the league. Last year, from games uh, 42 on, which included both Dave Tippett and Jay Woodcroft, the Edmonton Oilers had the third best record in the National Hockey League in the second half of the season. Um, they've played nine games. In this era, game's 50, right? So they've played 50. They've played nine games in the second half, and their record is 7-1-1. One, one. They're on a 7-0-1 oh, heater. they got to make some, and they've played some teams that they should beat, absolutely. But there's little things that happen that perhaps reinforce the engagement level of the players and the coach, and I think what we saw on Saturday night reinforced that. We're going to get to a bunch of your texts on the Ashley Fine Floors text line when we return on Oilers now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's go to the Oilers Now Injury Report brought to you by James H. Brown, Injury Lawyers. It's this simple. They're the best. They get you the best results. They have the most experience. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang, and James H. Brown. You know Trent Brown is a U of A alum would be stoked about what happened on Saturday. Oilers are going to have to make a decision in and around the time no later than February the 12th because that's when Kyler Yamamoto will be eligible to come off of LTIR. Um, 
He is out currently with an upper body issue, but has been skating the last week plus with the Oilers hockey team who are in there by week. Of course, uh, Ryan Murray also on LTI with a back problem. He hasn't been out for a while. Oilers currently do not have uh, Mike, well, Mike Smith and Oscar Clefbaum for all intents and purposes are retired at this stage. They too are in the last year being on LTIR in those contracts, which people should rem- remember. The Oilers should actually have Clefbaum in the seventh and final season on a $4.25 million cap hit. $4.2 million cap hit. We just heard from Golden Bears goaltender Matt Berlin. He's our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It's the best you've ever tasted. No question about it. Search for Wilhock today. And cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Brent Ridge Ford and Wetaskiwin, well known for their top shelf service department. They don't forget about you after you purchase a vehicle. You can reach out to Uncle Milt, Rich Johnny. Let the team at Brent Ridge Ford make you a repeat customer. You can call 780-352-6048, your Ford truck authority on the Auto Mile in Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less. The Don has texted us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And the Don says, Bob, I would cancel the All-Star game forever. Use the time and space to space the games out equally and effectively, less back-to-back games, or finish the playoffs earlier. I like bringing in the emergency goalie. Classy. I'm a proud fan today. That one comes to us from the Don. The, again, you can text us uh, at 780-496-0063. Bob, the only people who have anything negative to say to me here in Red Deer about the Oilers playing Matt Berlin have all been Flames fans. That says it all. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. This text comes in, as an Oilers fan, we were cheering for the whistle so Berlin could go in. I was stunned when Jack covered the puck and he didn't go in. They played on and I was like, this game can't run out of time. And then Jack covered it again. Once he was uh, in, all I wanted for uh, Matt Berlin was for him to make a save. Congratulations to you and your family for all the hard work along the way. It was a great story. Great story. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. was a good moment. There was no question about that. It was, it was fun. Ricky says, has Matt Berlin always been nicknamed the Berlin Wall? Let's ask Brendan Escott. You were doing the Sherwood Park Crusaders games when he was playing there. Was he the Berlin Wall at that time? Yeah, in our broadcast, he certainly was. I would call it low-hanging fruit, but that doesn't mean that it tastes doesn't taste excellent. That's that's a great nickname. The Berlin Wall? Well, the Golden Jet was a pretty good nickname for Bobby Hall. I mean, what, what, are, what are some... We had the Bulin Wall for Nikolai Hababulin. Uh, what what are some of the? Oh, hey, you know what? Let's have fun. We got about uh, three minutes here. What's the best nicknames in hockey over the years? I mean, we have McJesus for McDavid, the great one for Wayne Gretzky. You can text us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I think you can make an argument. The Rocket for Rocket Richard was a great nickname. The Pocket Rocket for Henri Richard was a terrific nickname. So we're talking specifically, I mean, what's Ovechkin? Is he the grade eight? Ovi. Ovi? Ovi, the grade eight, yeah. I mean, you got any off the top of your head for top flight nicknames? Pat Verbeek has to be near the top of that list. That's no question. The little little ball of hate. That's an awesome nickname. 
that is world class. Uh, Ed Jovanovsky, like that was pretty. The jo- Jovo Cop? Jovo Cop, I loved that. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. The best nicknames in NHL history for the players. Um, you know, there's there's been some good ones. I mean, Mr. Hockey for Gordie Howe? Is that, I mean, when they call you Mr. Hockey, you must be pretty good. You know what I'm saying? What was Eric Lindros' nickname? The Big E. Yeah. Yeah. Seven eight zero four nine six. Colton says, "What about Sid the Kid? <laughs> That's a pretty good nickname." Jason from Sangudo has Texas Captain Crunch, referring to Wendell Clark. Is that what they used to call Wendell Clark, Captain Crunch? Wendell Clark hit hard. He swung from downtown when he was into it. Uh, again, you can. T- I think I got this up a little high here. Let me just turn this back down. It's squelching right now as we speak. There we go. Again, you can text us on the uh, Ashley Fine Floor, the Russian Rocket for Pavel Bure, the Big E for Eric Lindros, Bam Bam Cam for Cam Neely. I don't know. Was that the nickname for Cam Neely? Uh, Bob, how could you forget the flower for Guy Lafleur? Uh, 100%. Or the Roadrunner for Yvonne Cornoyer. Now, that, that's a great nickname. The Roadrunner, because he could fly, and he was a smaller, more diminutive player. Again, you can text us, 780-496-0063. Nobody beats the great one and magnificent Mario from Zane in Saskatoon. Keep it coming. We'll take a time out. Uh, uh, Former defenseman Mark. What about red light Rassico for uh, <laughs> Andre Rassico as a netminder? Yes, that's a pretty good one. Bob the Moose, are we referring to Mark Messier or Elmo or Moose Vasco? Which one? Both work. I somehow knew this would get people going on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. We will head off to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook. When we come back, uh, we'll hear from a guy who told us, and I did not know this, that Vincent DeHarnay's nickname was Desi. When we return, Colin Chalk, the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors.